With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. time for another edition of Tennis.com's weekly podcast. And here's your host, James Martin. So welcome to the Tennis.com podcast or Yvonne Lubachik Radio, whichever you uh, want to call it. I'm James Martin with Peter Bodo and Steve Tigner, who's back from Indian Wells. Welcome back, Steve, from uh, your you. trip. How come Steve's not tan? I, I, I think I, I am tan. He's a little tanner. I did expect more of a George Hamilton type. You would tan, when you It's so always a good sign with a reporter when he comes back from his tournament in the sun and doesn't have a tan. You know he's well, been I working. Sp- you know, I did spend enough time at the pool. I should be tan, right? There you go. That's right. And Pete, you have a new addition to your family. We should let everyone know Pete Bodo has a, has a new uh, a son, I guess, in, in some respects. A son in some respects. His name is Buck. One of the greatest puppies I've ever seen in my life. I'm gonna, I'll be posting a little bit on him on Friday at Tennis World if anybody's interested. Bought him from a guy on a van off a highway. <laughs> Came up from Georgia. But it, it's, it's a handsome-looking dog, so I hope you post some pictures because it is a fine-looking dog. Anyway, back to the tennis. Um, well, guys, I mean, Ivan Lubacek, he comes out of nowhere, 31-year-old, um, with his, uh, his headband and his... Uh, that, that, that egg-looking head with the white uh, zinc oxide Jiffy on Lube. it. That Jiffy, Jiffy Lube. Jiffy Lube on his head. Oh, slick Watts. It's the old basketball <laughs> Slick Watts look. Oh, it, it is a Slick Watts look. <laughs> I, 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 he looks like, uh, makes it look like he's 50 years old and playing at a park somewhere. However, he played the tennis of a 21-year-old, and uh, he beat Djokovic, he beat Roddick, and he beat Nadal, and had it, the tournament of his life, first Masters Series event he's ever won. Um, you know... He just played great, guys. I mean, there's, there's no, not many superlatives you, you can't use with him because he, he just did everything well. He served unbelievable, and he, his backhand was great, and it was, it was really fun to watch. Well, it was really a nice, it was a nice win, I thought, because in, in the press conferences, he was very, very um, excited about the whole thing. He obviously would be, but he was more, it was, you know, he was more excited than I would have thought about getting a Masters when he, he talked about after he beat Nadal, he said, that was the best he'd, best match he'd ever played, and that he really wanted to win the next day just to get just so he could in the future he could see the little master's shield next to his um, next to his name when he when he played. And that's something that I don't know if you hear you don't hear that every day from these guys. He talked about how this added to his Davis Cup. This is sort of a career completing moment for him. He he knows that the Grand Slam is a long shot, long shot. So he has a Davis Cup. He's been in the top ten. And he talked about how this really added so much to his career, which was which was really nice to see. Well, that, isn't that great, Pete? Because, I mean, we, we fixate so much on Federer and Nadal and these guys that are winning all these grand slams, and you know, they don't really care about these, these Master Series events and the broad scheme of things to see somebody who, you know, late in his career really wanted something like this so bad. Yeah, it was, it was you know, it, what it reminds me of, it was kind of a parallel universe deal with, uh, with Nikolai Davidenko in Miami when he won his first Masters here. You know, a long time coming. Both of these guys are very hardworking, very diligent. Both of them have really attractive games and, and solid, solid games. I think 
I think he, uh, Luby's high point really was that Davis Cup win for Croatia over the U.S. And when he won every match. Yeah. In California, yeah. when he won every match. beat us. Exactly. That was a great effort. But, you know, I think, I, unfortunately, and granted, you know, he's got a shield. God bless him. It's good for him. His big problem really has been majors. You know, he's lost. He lost out of in majors. He lost 50% of his major appearances. He went out in the first round. He's said, he's always said that he has trouble mentally with the majors he he gets a little something is different in the way he plays and it, it definitely you know it shows well he also was helped in in creating indirectly the the what i thought was a quote of the tournament where nadal who was playing great called his loss an accident to luigi yeah. which i just I think it's that, a, that was a great quote it did seem that way because it's a match in the past if you've seen nadal it's the kind of match he usually can figure out a way to win he just needed one break really in the second set he had love 40 it's kind of you know, the kind of moment when he would find a way to win one of those points, the other guy wouldn't hit two fantastic serves and then a forehand winner. So I, and then, and then Lubitschik was basically unbreakable until, until the end. So in a way I can see why Nadal would, would say that it's the kind of thing that it's like, he's not used to losing that match and he doesn't, in his mind, I'm sure he, he doesn't consider it a trend. He can, you know, he thinks this was sort of a one-off that, that he went, he will win these types of matches in the future. He he was playing the Best he's played all for yeah, I think fantastic. Months, really since last year. First set court and season. a half, fantastic. Yeah, you know, him. accidents will happen, and funny accidents will happen against guys with big serves on you know medium to fast surfaces. You know, I mean, Andy Roddick probably is feeling he lost by accident too. I mean, and you know, I'm not being flip here. You know, I mean, look, guy, you play two tiebreakers, both guys have big serves. It's a crapshoot at that point. Let's face it. Well, Andy, uh, sa- Andy even said afterwards, like, well, I, I can't. Hold, a, you know, I can't begrudge Yvonne this match. I've won a lot of matches like this myself. You know, hold yeah. out, big serve, big serve. <laughs> win the breaker. How, That's how why m- we love Andy Roddick. How, how much against? Because you couldn't tell on on TV. Um, High def doesn't even do this for you. But how much was the wind a factor in that Nadal Lubitschik match? Because Nadal did say that the swirling wind. He said he had trouble adjusting to it. And didn't it was clearly not nearly like it was last he year when the wind was crazy. But it, there was, as far as I could see from from where I was, it wasn't. I don't think it affected the match all that much. Nadal had a funny quote afterwards saying that, that the wind will, will help the worst baseliner, <laughs> basically <laughs> saying that it helped Lubitschik. Saying it helped Lubitschik. See, I, I would think it would not... I mean, see, I would think he'd not have trouble with the wind so much because he hits with so much chops him. But I will say, I mean, he was, he he was so hitting many, with vigor with he, those forehands. He hit so many great shots for the first set and a half. I don't, I don't see how the wind uh, hurt him that much. Yeah, and then on the, on the women's side, of course... Yankovic, who was on the on the ropes at times against Alani, and she was looking terrible, and and she makes it through. She gets to Wozniacki. I think I come away from this tournament. I, I didn't really see a great women's match. I don't even think I saw a good women's match. I thought the final was serviceable. Uh, Wozniacki did not play well. Missed a lot of forehand smothering with her top spin. Credit though to Yankovic. She could have choked that away when she gave that first break back to Wozniak in the first set. You think, okay, here we go. It's going to be another drama match with tons of unforced errors. But was, uh, but Yankovic, guys, I mean, she really did step up and, and hit some winners when she needed to, and, and she kept her head, which she hasn't done in the past. She got much better through the tournament. She almost lost uh, early, earlier in the tournament to Irani. She was two points away from losing that match, and she wasn't playing well. But by, by the final, that's the best I've seen her play in a couple of years. She had, she had more variety she did more things well against Wozniacki than I've seen in a while and, but you're right Wozniacki suddenly for the first time all week couldn't hit couldn't hit her forehand was not 
as nearly as consistent as she had been. And you got to remember what Brad Gilbert told Andre Agassi when he took over his career there a couple of, you know, a while ago now. You know, he told him, look, you don't have to go out there and play great. You don't have to beat the world. You don't have to beat everybody. All you got to do on any given day is go out and beat the person across the net. And that's, I think, Yankovic played a little bit like that in this tournament and, and, and upped her game a little bit. This has been a long time coming. I think she's... I think he's got more game than she showed in the last year for sure, and I don't think so. I don't think her rise to number one, even though she did not win a major, was a fluke. I think this girl is a, a real solid player, and once she gets her confidence back, she's going to be in a mix right at the top. She calls for for her new coach, uh, and she did it both in the first and second sets, and it's pretty cool watching. I mean, I'm not a fan of on court coaching, but it has been nice to when they speak in English anyway to hear what they have to say. And you know, he was just saying, just keep what you're doing and you know, really approach, you know, and, and I thought he was getting, he get, the advice he had toward the end of the match when Yankovic was trying to close it out was, you know, basically make Wozniacki try to hit winners, which I thought, well, you, do you want to stay defense? You want to turn defensive? That could backfire on you, but it didn't. And, I mean, Steve, she, she really came in and, and took a lot of that stuff on the rise and punished Wozniacki. Yeah, at the, in the last game where you might have thought she would, she would start to choke a little bit, there was a long rally um, right the point before match point where Wozniacki was hitting a lot of moon balls. She had maybe trying to see if uh, Yankovic would get nervous. But Yelena took one of those on the rise and just belted it down the line for a winner, and that was it, basically. And that was sort of a surprise, but it also showed that Yankovic had a lot of confidence to, to hit that shot at that moment. I mean, that's what it is. It's confidence, right, Pete? I mean, that's, that to me, is, it, is she's always had the strokes. It's just having the confidence, knowing that she can actually hit out and, and they're going to go in. Yeah, exactly. And let's remember, a defensive, a defensive player or even a player who's losing a match or is in a position to lose a match was always going to be thinking, give the other person a chance to make the mistake. Right. And it clearly Wozniak did that. And Yankovic responded the way a great player responds, was saying, this person's giving me a chance to make a mistake. That means she's also giving me a chance to hit a winner. Right. Well, I mean, and, I mean, I would say that Wozniak, he played like crap, but... That's just my opinion. I thought she just she's supposed to be getting all the balls back, and she was making way too many unforced errors for a girl that doesn't really hit winners. That's that's you're done at that point. But we now have another huge tournament to look forward to. Obviously, Miami, which starts today, I guess the some women's singles, but really gets under in full swing over the weekend. And uh, bef- a couple things I noticed before we talk about the draws, guys. Um, after Indian Wells, ranking wise, the Dolls fall to number four in the rankings, though still in the top four. And uh, Ivanovich. 58 in the world now. Uh, she got seeded 25 in Miami because the, the, the seedings were made before the rankings came out, but she better enjoy this tournament because she's going to be unseated after this. Well, one thing, one thing you can say coming out of Indian Wells, usually the top guys do well enough there, top men and women, except for the Williams sisters, of course, do well enough there that they, they'll struggle a little bit in Miami, but, but only Nadal of the top four reached the semifinals. So I feel like this tournament could be a little more go a little bit more to form. These guys should be ready. And, I mean, even Nadal seems very very much ready to, to play the next event. It could be, great. It could be a great men's, men's tournament. And looking at the top half of the draw, and let's just go through it, guys, and just I'll throw some stuff out and we can, we can discuss it. But I think you look at uh, Federer's in the top half. He's got probably for the quarterfinals he's going to have to either play um, Hot Sauce, Fernando Verdasco, or potentially um, Baghdadis or Marin Silic. So... All winnable matches. I think Federer is going to be pretty keyed into this the event. And then, I mean, what do you guys think about that for Federer? I, I think he's got a pretty good draw. Yeah, well, you know, you don't know what his motivation is going to be like, particularly in terms of, you know, I, I certainly don't feel like, I don't think he thinks he's in trouble. I mean, I think he's just going to say, well, you know, I lost last week. Let's go give it a go this week. I think the guy's really in trouble here to some degree, to a greater degree, certainly than Federer, are really Murray and Djokovic. 
You know, these when you look at the three big losers to me, the Indian Wells, even though Nadal played great, and you got to give him a pass because he's still coming back. You know, he's still dealing with the comeback issues and everything else. But the bottom line is, you know, up until last year around this time, you had you know Federer and Nadal dominated the world. You had these other guys kind of pushing them. There was kind of an order there. Now, of course, you know, it's all kind of up for grabs. Federer's shown us over the past few months. Any any tournament other than the Grand Slam, you don't really know which Federer is going to show up. You know, the, you well, know, he just doesn't. He, he's not prioritizing them. I mean, no. you, can't, you can't fault him for that. No, exactly. It doesn't seem to be the case. So you know, basically, it's a great opportunity for these guys. But now the ball's in their court. They're saying, "Hey, look, okay, Murray, you can go and win this." I mean, Murray, you know, I'm getting tired of Murray dealing with tournaments that are his to lose and then losing them. You know, it's like that was, I think, the case at Indian Wells a little bit. And Djokovic, you know, God knows what he's doing. He's, you know, he, you know, ham actor. He's, yeah. he's tired. He's not, you know. Well, he did come off the Davis Cup. I mean, in fairness to him, he had that emotional, you know, in Serbia, you know, beating the U.S. And um, I can, yeah, I can forgive Djokovic a little bit more. He played, he's played a lot of tennis, and he, he was burned out. But still, his he should do better. His effort against Lubitschik was wasn't the best. <laughs> Murray is a little less, a little harder to explain. He didn't. He was down early against Soderling and a lot like the Chilich match at the U.S. Open. And, and I think Murray might have been a little bit hurt, but it wasn't, it wasn't affecting him that much. He didn't, he didn't he looked try. like he played terrible. He, just didn't. he didn't try anything different. He, didn't, he looked like he was, he was pretty much, he felt like this wasn't his day and that was it, which, which I think is, is harder to forgive than what happened to Djokovic. He's shown himself to be a moody guy, and I think that's always a difficult thing, one of the toughest things. And if, if you're going to be number one, if you're going to win majors, you got to get over being a moody guy because you're yeah. gonna have days when you're gonna go out there. You don't feel like playing. You're gonna have to find a way to yeah, win. Yeah, and he and he didn't look like he pl- was playing. Didn't want to play, and, and he t- it was one of the worst Murray matches I I can remember seeing certainly for a long time. And Murray and actually Nadal, who's on the bottom half, they both have tricky potential first round matches if the draw goes to schedule. Murray's gonna have to play Marty Fish, and Nadal might have to play Taylor Den. These guys are two opponents that are gonna rush the net. They're gonna hit big serves, and and Nadal and Murray are not gonna get any rhythm at all. So these are the types of first round matches that they're 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 hazardous to their to their to their tournament right now. Yeah, there's a little, little bit of a hold on. Let's see what's going to happen here. They give them the heebie-jeebies going in. I mean, Steve, do you, do you think either one either one of those guys uh, could lose? Yeah, them? I mean, they they don't give them a lot of rhythm. I'd still like Nadal against Dent. He's not. I don't think he can serve as well as Lubitschik. I mean, that's the kind of match you're talking about, like a Lubitschik right. type match where you can't break and maybe you lose in two tiebreakers. I still have to like Nadal and Murray in those matches. The one one person in Federer's draw that has some potential to 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 do some damage is Burdich. I know he you can never count on him, but he did play a lot of good tennis against Nadal before before losing to Indian Wells and he he would play Federer in the in the fourth, fourth round. Fourth round, yeah. That's true. And then um in the bottom half looking down there, well I guess it'll probably be a Murray Soderling if everything holds to form in the top half. In the bottom half, um Nadal if he gets through his ra- his first round match, which I agree with Steve, I mean he probably will, you know, be Taylor Dent. Um he, he would probably face um, David Ferrer in a fourth round and then either have to play John Isner again, who he beat uh, in three sets in Indian Wells, or maybe Sanga, maybe Juan Carlos Ferreira. Not, not the easiest of draws for Nadal, but he, I still think... I don't know. I like, I like Nadal's draw. He's just, you know, there's, there's Isner, but he's pretty far away. He's got right. Troitsky, which no, I think he'll, he, that. he'll handle. Ferrer, he'll handle. Karlovich, he would handle. I, I, I like him into the quarters. What do you what do you think, Pete? I mean, he's playing great right now. Well, nobody likes to play an uh, an Isner or Karlovich. He he'd, he'd have to beat both of those guys. Is that right? Uh, uh, he'd probably have to beat yeah Karlovich down below and then potentially, potentially right. so, you know, Isner. Yeah, th- those are pretty tough assignments though, because you know those guys they get a hot serving day, you know, and we know what happens in a tiebreaker. So I I think those are those are those are kind of difficult. You know, the one thing with Nadal is you don't have to worry about like his stamina. Some of the other players, you think, well, if they get a David Ferrer. 
you know, backed up with another guy who's going to make him run. You know, what's going to have left in the tank? You don't have to worry about that with Nadal. So I think the biggest thing you have to worry with him is somebody who can kind of take the game away, shut it down, you know, keep the points short, you know, maybe get on his nerves a little bit, you know, and, and, and then and then manage to squeak through. Yeah, maybe yeah you sort of wonder break. whether the Lubitschik match will stick in his head as far as, like, he didn't get that key break. If that type of thing comes up again, will he... Will that affect him? That can that can start to play on your play yeah, on your like confidence. Here we go again. It was nice though with watching Nadal. I mean, you know, we watched him last year in the fall season and the indoor season. He was pushing his backhand a little bit. He wasn't very really different player oh, in Indian Wells. Back to back to the. I would say he was kept saying he's in the top form, and sometimes you may not believe a player when he's saying that. He but, looked it, but he did look at look it despite his loss. I really expected him to win the tournament once once the other guys top guys went out. I think it was those shorts. Oh God! Hopefully That's it for the short shorts. <laughs> They're not going <laughs> to Miami. They're not going to Miami. Not going to Miami. Not going big outcry among the lady fans. <laughs> that would, those were. Those he didn't even wear them in doubles. He, you know. He, oh, we should give a shout out to. Yeah, that. shout out for the doubles. He, he, huh? he won doubles, and I, I, amazing, I, I silly thought it was uh, Feliciano Lopez, but Steve informs me that it wasn't that Lopez. It was this little Lopez. It was Mark <laughs> Lopez. <laughs> exactly. Basically, that was Mark Lopez. It could have been Jennifer Lopez. I mean, Nadal's <laughs> a great doubles player. Let's face Mark it Lo- seriously. He, he made Mark Lopez some money. Even Lubitschik said in the. Press conference, I go. It's great that Roth is doing this for his friend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, and they beat the number one doubles team classic. in the world. You know, yeah, Zimonjic no. is a great guy. Oh, he's he's, a, he's great another great player. guy. Yeah, beat no, him in straight sets, and it was definitely Nadal's power from the baseline that those guys couldn't handle. That is hilarious. Helping his friend out. Double specialist Rafael Nadal. Um, the other thing that we could see is a potential uh, fourth round between Roddick and Lubitschik, a rematch of the final. I, I, I don't see Lubitschik sustaining level of play, and I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, if he if he crashes out early just because he's going to come down to earth at some point. Uh, yeah, it has all the so makings for it has all the makings for him to lose early. Absolutely, and then we could see a Djokovic query uh, repeat of the Davis Cup, which I would definitely be keen to watch because that would be that would be some good entertainment watching those two go at it again. Great chance for Sam, who's now got to like be thinking, hey, I got to keep up with my buddy Isner there because you know we're we're, we're amigos and you know we got to. Yeah, he's past him for the moment, Isner. Yeah, exactly. Query, right? So they're the doing ball. everything together this year, right? Yeah, they're going to the same buddies. tournaments and they're, they're, they're BFFs, BFFs. And there's yeah. that old rising, you know, there's the old rising tide lifts all boats concept too, you know. I, d- I, gu- I guarantee that Isner's success is going to make Query a better player and vice versa right. if it were Query. I think it's great. Playing better. It's great to see a couple of buddies just enjoying it out there. On the women's side, I guess the, the main thing people are going to take notice of first, Serena Williams is out. She's won this title, what, five times? Um, so that's a huge hole and unfortunately, Maria who played terrible in uh, Indian Wells, also out. She says that her elbow's hurting her now. Um, so those are two big holes in the draw. Venus is in, it, in this one that she wasn't in Indian Wells. But, <clears throat> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, you have I, to hope for more from <laughs> Kim and Justine, I guess I think, so. this time, to make this, <laughs> to make this a, a better tournament. I well, think they're under pressure. I think Kim and Justine are under a fair amount of pressure. Yeah, I didn't like I, the way Kim lost her match. She seemed to rush herself. She was up in the third set tiebreaker against Klebanova, and she, she almost seemed to... To I don't know, not tank, but she almost rushed herself out of the, out of that tiebreaker, even though she had the lead. It was, I don't know what was going on with her head, but that, that didn't look good. And Justine just had a bad day. She she was, she has those times when she can't find the court. Well, she's going to play potentially if she wins. If she beats in the first round, Jill Craver, she plays Elena Dementieva in the second round. I mean, that's <laughs> tough first tough first round from Dementieva. Tough second or second round or whatever you want to call it, but it's a. That that's a tricky one for both of those players. Great chance for Dementieva, but um, you know you could you could you could really uh, lose a lot of money betting on Elena Dementieva to win tennis matches. I don't suppose that's the right. I mean, can you bet analogy? I mean, but if you were a better, just 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 if you if you were in Vegas and your whole life was around gambling and going to the sports bet out there, I mean, who the heck would you bet on in women's tennis right now? I mean, obviously if Serena was playing, you'd probably put some money on her, but the odds wouldn't be in that great 
for you. But who else do you bet on? I mean, I'm not going to bet Clay on Clavinova. <laughs> Clavinova, okay. Clavinova. I mean, who who do you like? I mean, Azarenka last year, defending champion. I mean, she she would have to play Kleisters in the fourth round, and then probably either Zhang Ji or Yank, uh, Yankovic in the quarters, and then I guess well, I would have to think Wozniacki or Hennen in the in the semis. But I mean, it's just so unpredictable right now in women's tennis. Yeah, without Serena at this tournament, which she usually wins, it's another one where. I don't know who who could you bet on. I don't know if there's any anybody who makes a lot of sense. I think you still have to figure at some point Justine or Kim will will play some good tennis. I actually like Azarenka just because you know uh, having a good winning tradition somewhere. Sometimes that can count for a lot. So she's going to be coming into Miami. She's she's playing reasonably well. Well, she would have to play. Um, and Steve, you wrote about her a bit uh, in Indian Wells. Martinez Sanchez, who's a <laughs> kooky player. She's a tricky player. She comes to the net. She's a lefty. She has a slice forehand. She beat. She beat a player who's a lot like Azarenka, Yanina Wickmeyer, just by just by moving her around and and slicing the ball into her backhand, into her uh, two-handed backhand. So she, you know, she could be tricky for Azarenka, but that would I, be a third round. Azarenka well. did not play well in Indian Wells. I would expect her would expect her to to do much better here. I mean, do you think the pressure? Do you think with Kleisters and, and Hennen right now that they're feeling? I mean, I just get the sense that. You know, the, the honeymoon, which was very brief for both of them, is over. I mean, obviously, Kleister's at the U.S. Open. Hennen had the Australian Open, and now all of a sudden, <laughs> they've just come back down to well, reality. Was reality check, exactly. Yeah. Hennen always, she would have a great tournament, and you'd think she was going to win the rest of the tournaments of the year. Nobody could touch her, and then and she'd she go did, out and yeah. maybe lose to Danila Du in the first round. She does have those moments. It's true. Um, I mean, the bottom half, I'm, I'm not even going to predict. I mean, we're going to be doing editor's picks for the website, and I just kind of just want to put a big X in front of my no, just put your, No, let's put all the names in a hat, and each of us <laughs> will just draw one out. It's just too tough. Got a better shot. But I, I think there are some in good plot, plot lines or storylines here because it will be interesting to see how Yankovic follows up Indian Wells, comes in, can she sustain that momentum? That would be nice to see. I, I would just like to see somebody have two good tournaments in a row, which we haven't seen, and just see some good women's tennis, some good quality because the quality was terrible in Indian Wells. Um, and the top half... Um, Steve, I mean, wh- I'm looking at this. I mean, kind of disappointed. I mean, Kuznetsova is number one seed again. Um, should we be expecting more of her? I mean, she's she's been the top seed. Obviously, it's a, you know you can argue if she belongs there or not, whatever. But um, I don't know. You would you would be expecting more of her if she, from a top seed if it wasn't Kuznetsova because you can never really expect. You never know what to expect from from her. She's got all the athleticism in the world. She could go out and win this tournament. She's been to the final before. Um, but then. Just like in Indian Wells, she played a she played a terrible early match that can happen to her at, at any time, and it's hard to explain why she doesn't really show that much, at least to me, as to what what the reason will be, or, or or give much of a logical reason for for not playing well. She she goes for a lot on her shots, and that that can you know that can help her, or that could send her out at any point. Although in defense of all this WTA stuff, I got to say, you know, there's something kind of appealing about going out to a women's tournament and saying, you know what, because oh, Nets was playing, you know, Irani. And instead of thinking, oh, yeah, well, I'm not going to go sit there and watch a two-and-one match again, or even more to the point, you get a Serena Williams. You say, all right, Serena's got so-and-so in a second round. I don't need to watch that. This is how we reporters think, of course. You look mm-hmm. at the schedule during the day. Right. You prioritize what you're going to watch. You look at this draw now, and almost every match is, I better go watch this. That girl could beat Yankovic because she beat Kuznetsova last week. So, you know, there is there is that going on. I agree with that. I mean, I think you could look at a half dozen of these first-round matches, and you're going to think, oh, this could be close. You don't know what's going to happen. My problem is, is that, that sounds good in theory. Then you go out there and you watch the quality of the points. And they're, I mean, again, I don't want to stereotype because it was just one tournament in Indian Wells. I mean, Steve saw a couple of good matches. He yeah, said he on side How many good matches did you see, Steve? I, I mean, there were two, I saw two up close, very good women's matches. They were not on TV and you wouldn't have known they were 
happening unless you were there. Uh, Malik and Zhang, and then Zhang versus Wozniacki. Two excellent matches. You had to see them up close. They, may not, they probably wouldn't have come across as great matches on TV, but those were high-quality matches, much better than, than pretty much anything I saw in center court. The one, one thing I think is positive about having other players come through is you get to... S- I like to watch somebody like Radwanska. She's got a nice game, nice, a lot yeah. of touch. She's not going to win a Grand Slam anytime soon, but you see her get to the semis that was, and see that type of tennis... Uh, that was a that was a plus, but I, overall I agree. It's the the better the better scenario is to have some uh, at least one or two players who you can count on to continue to play well from week to week and not have it be as random. Hey, did you see Panetta out there in Indian Wells? I did see her. Did she look any good? Um, not as good as I thought she was going to look. She didn't. I you know who knows what she'll do in Miami, but she didn't. I thought she'd been playing better than that coming up. There's also a player that's returning uh, to tennis in Miami. Uh, someone that used to work here um, has already emailed me. I will not mention his name, but you guys know who it is. Ashley Harkorod, the Playboy model, is back playing. She's going to play Moloch. I think Moloch will crush her, basically. But uh, any, 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 anything to add there on, uh, on uh, Harkorod? She's a mom now, right? And uh, married, and she's back on tour. She um, wants to do a Sibyl Bammer, I guess. You know, Welcome uh, back. Good luck. She'll have, she'll have a lot of people around that court, I guess. You know, uh, Hey, good luck to her. I mean, you know, look, the thing is she didn't, it's not like she had a lot of game and she left tennis, did all these other things and got a little notoriety and a little, create a little controversy. I mean, she really couldn't play very much in relative terms, yeah. you know, ever. So, you know, I, you know, it's well, kind you of hear hard a story, to imagine. It's a, it's a bit, a bit sad of a story and, and, and you know, not like a, a maudlin or anything, but she's had, she hasn't had the easiest of times. No, I, I kind of, I kind of hope she does well. I mean, you know, she's, she's trying to make it work first. She's married with another tennis pro, Chuck Adams, you know, and he, uh, you know, he had, a, he was a journeyman on a tour, you know, I mean, you know, they're trying to carve out some kind of a life for themselves. Yeah. And she plays Malik, who is one of the few, uh, you know, players that does have that, a more unique style. So it could be an interesting thing. And well, we're going to, we're not going to give predictions, uh, for the women's, uh, draw, but, uh, who do you guys like for the men? I'm, I, I think Steve, you, did you say Federer before we got in here today? I'm going to switch. I'm going to go with Nadal. I'm going to go with Nadal. That's what I was going to go with. I'm sticking with Nadal. P, who do you like? You know, I'll go with Murray. I think the guy really, I think he knows he needs to step up. And, he, you know. Uh, you he know, won here last year time as well. come. You know, he won last year. He's, you know, you know he's going to come back with a good feeling. Cool. And um, we're not going to have time to get to the, the letters today, but I just want to let everyone know, keep sending in your emails to podcast at tennis.com. And we will be reading letters probably on Thursday from the likes of Charles Armstrong, Michelle who looks like a Tennis World contributor, and this guy named Fred Rudder, or Ruder, uh, Master Ace, Jerry G. All you guys sit tight. We will get to your letters. They Ooh, were good Master ones. Ace, that's going to be a th- We've got to study for that one. Master that, Ace, it was, it was Master Ace knows one. his stuff. It was a good one about weaker fields and a little postmodern angle to it, so it wasn't bad. Sounds like so, Master Ace to me. <laughs> that's right. So we'll get to you guys on probably Thursday. And until then, um, with Pete Bodo and Steve Tigner, I'm James Martin, and we'll talk to you later. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.